Welcome to episode 15 of the Revolution Podcast, where I, your host Ryan, sit down with industry experts to discuss the latest trends in e-mobility, clean tech, and the future of transportation. Today I'm joined by Roger Atkins, a friend of Revolution, who will be hosting Revolution Conference 2021 on October 5th. Roger was actually the first ever guest for the podcast, and in January last year, we discussed his plans for 2020. Whilst the year might not have gone to plan, I wanted to take the opportunity to check in with Roger, both to discuss the last year, but also what he's looking forward to in 2021, including Revolution in October. Into the episode we go. So Roger, here we are again, just over a year after we last recorded. Things are a little different now, but I hope you're well and thank you for joining the podcast again. Ryan, it's a pleasure. I had fun last time when we were actually face-to-face, as I recall, over in Amsterdam. But um, a lot's happened since then, hasn't it, Ryan? Indeed it has. And that's actually one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on again. I remember when we sat down last year, you had a lot of plans for the year, including Revolution 2020 in March, which was transformed into a digital event in the end. How about we start with how your year went, both personally and professionally? Yeah, sure. It's like, where do you start? I suppose on that first moment of lockdown that came as a shock to all of us, you know, wherever you were in the world. Um, And initially, yeah, scared. Um, Scared because it's all about uncertainty and things that were a little bit difficult to work out what to do. You know, how could you, were you going to be safe? Were you going to get this thing? You know, what might happen to you or your friends or family or, you know, the world? All of those things, I think, were in everybody's mind. and I guess, you know, different different times after that, you come to a conclusion, well, I've just got to get on with it. You know, it is what it is. It, it's not very pleasant, but it is what it is. So in regard to my work, all I did was not travel and did the work as best I could down the wire. You know, I got a better laptop. Um, I got a connection into my office that wasn't wireless. Um, so, you know, straight connection in and things like that. And And then just decided to get on with it and thought, Give, and thought to myself, well, given what I do, and um, hopefully a bit to do with personality or whatever, um, I should be upbeat. I'm not going to talk about this stuff too much. I'm going to try and help people forget about it for half an hour, an hour, or whatever it was with we're doing something, you know. And I got busy hosting events, which I kind of carved out a little niche for. You know, it was great that that I'd been able to do that with, uh, you know, the revolution events in person. And I kind of just switched into doing that as, as well, everybody did. <laughs> um, and yeah, just, just got on with it, Ryan. It, it's, it, it is what it is and we all just have to be adaptable and that's what people have done. Yeah. And often it can be difficult to think of any silver linings when our lives are flipped upside down, like they have been in the last year, but being the positive person you are, I'm sure you can think of some. Oh, Ryan, the silver lining is more than a silver lining. It's like, you know, a a fresh dawn. Um, I think people are now reconciling so much more, many aspects of life, you know, uh, looking at what's important and looking at absolutely the fundamentals of life, you know, uh, relationships, health, of course, health, um, friendships, and uh, um, just the the bigger picture of things. So I think it's really sharpened the focus on um, global, um, the global challenge that that we face, you know, um, uh, climatic change, um, catastrophic climatic change, of course, let's be very specific. Um, and air quality, air quality around the world, everyone knows less traffic has meant that people have, it's revealed what, what could be. 
and I guess also um, to answer your question, um, yeah, I, I think people now know that uh, anything's possible. You know, if if you can turn the world off for for months on end and still make it work, you know, it still spins round. You still have a day and a night and all the other obvious things, but but it's just shown us what's possible and anything's possible as long as we collaborate, as long as we communicate, and as long as people, you know, get on with it. You know, there's no. There's nothing better ever than hard work. Once you know what the hard work is, you've got to do. Yeah. And I really admire your perspective on that. I do think that as for the most part, we've been able to adapt. And I guess technology can be to thank for that as well. Sorry, Ron, there's just one final thing, because I wouldn't want people to think of, think that, oh, well, it's all right for you or all right for someone else or whatever. Uh, We're not all in the same boat, but we are all in the same storm. I saw a little picture depicting that, and I think it really summed it up well. You know, if you're lucky enough to be able to work from home, if you're lucky enough to have a relatively good income, there's lots of things where, you know, you've been cocooned from the worst of this. You know, for many people, it's been emotionally, financially, and in many ways catastrophic to to their lives now and in the future, maybe for a long time to come. So, I just would like to add that bit because I I don't want, I wouldn't want anyone to think, oh, well, yeah, good, well, good for you. You know, bully for you. It's been great. You know, it, it hasn't. So it, it's a mixed bag, you know, um, if that's the right phrase, but that's what it is. Sorry, Ryan. I... No, I'm really glad you added that actually, because as you say, not everybody's blessed with the same privileges. And I think it's important to remember that there are still people who need help and whose lives will be impacted in the future too. So next, I wanted to touch upon the digital events we hosted last year and what you see as a major difference when it comes to networking and connecting in an online setting versus in person. Yeah, I mean, you can meet people. You can meet more people, Ryan. Uh, You've got more time. You know, again, I think everyone's realized how much time traveling, you know, how how much time it takes up, you know, getting to the airport, parking, going to the airport, blah, 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 blah. so it's freed up a lot of time. Um, the relationships are, are different. And I think in terms of the workplace, I've heard a lot of people say this. People are measured now by output, by what they do, what you achieve, rather than attendance. You know, I'm 62. I've worked in too many offices where people are kind of looked upon. If they come to work at half past seven in the morning and leave at eight o'clock at night, they're fantastic. Well, are they? You know, what did they do? Um, as opposed to the person that comes in, you know, rocks in at 10 o'clock, <laughs> maybe not, um, but but at a time and then go, so if they're, if they're productive, if they've delivered a great, great result for the company, found customers, delivered service, whatever it is you do, um, then surely that, that's the better thing. And that's what people have been measured on, output. So that's what I've noticed. I think people come to the point a bit more. And, you know, if there's anyone that rambles and sort of talks around the houses a bit, it's me. Um, And I've tried a lot more, especially when I'm hosting an event, to remember I'm hosting the event. I'm not speaking. And therefore, yes, I do the links. Yes, I can do the intro. But, you know, for the rest of the time, shut up and listen. Um, That's always something I've struggled with. (laughs) Anyone who knows me is aware. But I think, again, to answer your question, uh, we will all have learned a few different skills or honed them a bit better, you know, listening skills, focus, and in also variety, uh, Ryan. I think I've learned more this year, well, l- last year and this year, the last, last 12 months, than ever before because I've had time and opportunity and access to a lot of things that I wouldn't ordinarily have done if I'd been, you know, just traveling. 
Yeah, you make some really interesting points. One thing that strikes me about you, and you did touch upon it there, is that you have quite a comedic and expressive style to your hosting. And even though you might think, oh, maybe I need to speak less, I actually think it's the reason our guests feel so comfortable and confident, because you've made them feel welcome and feel like they don't need to feel anxious. I think that's even more important in an online event where people are new to online conferences and there are technical difficulties, etc. So I really appreciate your hosting style at Revolution. I wonder whether that's something you have in the back of your mind when you're hosting online events. Absolutely. I keep it in the front of my mind, if I'm really honest, Ryan, because I think, you know, if you're, you've got to be serious about some things, you know, some big serious issues, but I think if you're too serious about things, you scare people. And, um, and I don't think people relax. I, I think, you know, I'm not a comedian, although um, a few people think I am. Um, I, I think humour is really important. I think I think it can diffuse a situation. I think it can reduce tension. Well, I, well, I hope it can. And and I'm quite, you know, I'm quite flattered that you've you noticed that um, because I do try to use it. And especially when you're looking down, you know, a small lens, little camera in a laptop into other people's situations, you know, the, the, the home or whatever, you kind of, kind of got to do it slightly differently than you would on a stage. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily wear the cowboy hat and sunglasses, you know, uh, poncing around on stage in, in Amsterdam. But when you're, when you're cocooned in this little kind of screen, you've almost got to um, accentuate things a bit more. And I think then also try and personalize things a lot more um, so you can help people feel comfortable. So um, I'm very, very happy that you, you, you saw that. That's appreciated. No problem. And honestly, I know that we all appreciate it at EV Box. So I wanted to talk about your plans for this year after we've just reflected on 2020. I don't know if you have or are expecting to receive your COVID vaccine soon, but how do you think this year will look? I know for Revolution in October, we're going for a hybrid approach, letting people attend in Amsterdam or join online. And I wonder whether the future will be a combination of online and in-person, or whether we'll return to life pre-2020. What a great question. Um, obviously, we're all thinking about it, so I'm not going to just give you a spontaneous answer. It's been on my mind for some time. Um, I don't think it goes back to the way it was completely, ever. I think we've all learned to do things differently and some of those things are for the better. So I think hybrid events for sure, to answer your question, um, as to this year, second half of this year, I hope to go out and about a bit. Yes, I've had the jab. I had the AstraZeneca jab and I would hundred percent recommend that to anybody and anybody listening, whatever time this is. Um, yes, there have been some reported cases of different things, but I'm sure there are lots of people with, with various thing, things that happen. That's just daily life and normal life anyway. It's not necessarily attributed to having a jab. I've had the first one and I look forward to having the second one. And I would recommend anyone else does the same because now that gives me the confidence that uh, I can avoid having COVID and therefore giving COVID to somebody else. Um, and of course, catching it myself. Um, and therefore that liberates me to, to travel a bit more in, in, in time. You know, I want to be in Amsterdam in, in October. I, I really do. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so looking forward to that, that prospect. I like the Dutch anyway. I think the Brits and the Dutch get on really well because I think, um, you know, we, we're both go back to the humor thing. I think we both share a good sense of, you know, sense of humor 
and um, that that's important. So no, it's not going to go back to ever to the way it was. And we've learned a lot of good things, and perhaps we can be a bit more efficient, travel a bit less, um, but still go and meet people. I wouldn't want to do this forever. I think it would do everyone's head in. Yeah, I completely agree. And you've reminded me that I had a moment where I was reflecting on the fact that the pandemic is the reason we've moved everything online and embraced this technology. Yet it's not like this technology was only created in 2020. We've just decided to start using it now. So do we need something this seismic to embrace things? We, we do, Ryan. And, and in history, the, the lessons of history will show you go back through all the pandemics, um, certainly the one back in 1918. Uh, pandemics accelerate change. They don't necessarily trigger it, but things that would have taken 10 years happen in six months. Things that, that would yeah. have evolved become, you know, it, they're not revolutions anymore. They're evolutions. They're revolutions. So this is what this has done. I mean, I think the electrification thing will now happen quicker because of the pandemic. Um, so, yeah, some desperately tragic and terrible things out of it, without doubt. But there are also, going back to your first question, some silver linings. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Thanks for sharing your perspective on that. Right. So now for some quick fire questions. What is your favorite electric vehicle at the moment? Jaguar I-Pace. Okay, great. Second question. What are you most looking forward to in 2021? Come on, you know the answer to that question. Coming to Revolution in October. I didn't pay you to say that. No, you didn't. No, I really <laughs> am. I am. I believe you. Now a question about the UK as we're both living here. If there was one thing that affected e-mobility in the UK as a result of Brexit, what would it be? Oh, well, I think it's to do with where we are with now infrastructure in regard to supply chain and, and gigafactories. Um, you can see they're starting to arrive now in France, in Germany, Eastern Europe, um, Scandinavia, etc. And yes, we've had some announcements here in the UK, but you know we're not seeing things being put in the ground yet. And that's the acid test. It's where you start to see, you know, um, breaking ground, you know, structures built, et cetera. That is happening in continental Europe and in Scandinavia, but but not here. So that's my big concern is is where we are with that through through the lens of not just Brexit, but primarily so, yeah. No, I completely agree with you. And I, I do hope the UK doesn't fall too far behind in the next few years. What I should have given a shout out to is the Battery Innovation Centre, the Battery Industrialization Centre in Coventry, because that's the only one in the world right now. I know there's another one being built, I think, in Germany. But right here and now, we have this amazing facility that's open for people to come and develop and progress their battery propositions, also for people to, to train and learn and understand, you know, where we are with anode and cathode development, where we are in pack development, where we are with, you know, battery management systems, et cetera, the whole ecosystem around, around batteries. That is something to be very proud of. That's something that we have progressed here. And I hope that potentially could be a nice counterweight or a magnet to, to get some of those, um, those gigafactories that we mentioned. Ah, nice. I didn't know about that. Thanks for shouting them out. What is the biggest misconception about electric vehicles today? Uh, another good question. Um, that, that you're, you're constantly worried about range. If you get one that, you know, forever on your mind is, Oh, what happens if it runs out? It rarely happens. Yes. If you're going on a long journey and you're worried about where is the charger? Can I use it? Will it work? Yeah. From time to time, that's absolutely pronounced, but that's only improving all the time. It's only getting better. But I think the misconception is you're always worried about range. You're not. 
Okay, so a question I'm going to start asking all of my guests is whether there is one person or one thing that you can pinpoint your love and passion for e-mobility to. Yeah, I can. Um, a guy called Jamie Borick. Um, and basically, he was the chairman of London Taxes when I worked there as a sales manager. And he, with the board, took an ambition to develop some black taxes, London taxes, as hybrid vehicles. Cut a long story short, didn't work out. They tried it, but commercially it wasn't going to work out. Um, he then set up Modec, which was the zero emission truck company that I joined in 2007. And and so his, his leadership, his vision, his money, and uh, all of the things that, that he committed to gave me the the passion that I have had ever since. So I definitely, you know, doff my cap to, he's actually Lord Jamie Borick. Um, it was, uh, I think he was, um, I think it, uh, someone in the family died and he, you know, then became Lord Borick. But just call him Jamie Borick. Jamie is a good bloke. It was him that helped me get my my passion for all of this. So so that's that's who. That's a really interesting story, and it's crazy how one person can impact your life so much. Next question. Is the one piece of advice you'd give automotive companies who are hesitant about producing EVs? I'd say 100% get on with it. And the key thing in this is know your supply chain. The supply chain is the fundamental part of this, upstream and downstream. Where are you going to get your batteries? Where are you going to get, if you're making a battery factory, where are you going to get your mineral supply? So on and so forth. And then, then you know, in the other direction, uh, what's the charging proposition? Who are you going to work with? You know, um, what are your charging protocols? What are your capabilities in terms of speed of charge? You know, what what do you want your vehicles to do? Think about the duty cycle. Think about the customers. Almost reverse engineer it. In other words, work out what it is you're going to be selling and what people would do with the vehicle that you sell, and then consider all of that, reverse engineer then everything in and around the EV proposition to match that. Okay, great. And we finish every episode by asking our guest if there's anything they're working on that they'd like to plug. Yeah, I'm uh, about to, in early April, uh, make a little film, a little documentary. It's going to be called Motorsport in the Electric Age. I'm going to go and film it with a Formula One company um, and a Formula E company. I'm not going to say who yet until I've put it together and promote it. But essentially, it's going to be, where are we going with motorsport? Um, and how can we reconcile this, this increased electrification with the glory and the heritage that is combustion engine racing? Um, I love motorsport. I actually love Formula One. Um, and I wanted to, as a kind of fan, make a little film for that. It's going to be independent, you know, with the people that pay me for a few things, I'm going to use some of that money to 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 make to make the film. So it's independent. It's not going to be made by you know a manufacturer. It's not not someone's PR job. Um, it's just, as I say, my sense of what is motorsport in the electric age. That actually sounds really interesting, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that come into fruition in the future. Thanks for joining the podcast again, Roger. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So. 15 episodes later, and we welcome back Roger Atkins, who reflected on a year none of us could have expected, how he's adapted to more online events, what his plans are for 2021, and looking ahead to Revolution Conference 2021 on October 5th. We'll be back for another episode soon. Revolution Conference 2021 tickets are now available. Visit revolutionconference.com for more information.